Hello and welcome to the All Things Horror Podcast with me, Amazon best-selling horror author and horror fanatic, Rick Wood, where me and my guests discuss all things horror. Coming up on today's show. We were, we were scared. At the end of this message, it said, I believe I've just thought through a door. Every time, and I've been to that cottage a lot and, and, and the village, something happens. I felt very, very unnerved during writing that book and I did feel a little vulnerable, so I had to ramp up the protection while I was writing it. Hello and welcome to my brand spanky new podcast. This is Rick Wood and today I am interviewing Shaney Struthers. This is a new podcast that I've set up where I am going to discuss all things horror with my guests. So we'll get the horror profile, we'll find out what their favourite horror movie is, horror moment, horror creator, and then we will discuss all about their their background in horror. Um, specifically today with best-selling author Shaney Struthers. Um, I have been working hard on the latest Sensitives book and I've finished the first draft, so I have now got some time to put together to enjoy this conversation. Um, It's going to be in two parts. Uh, Every podcast will be in two parts, so it'll be one on the first Friday of the month and the second will be on the third Friday of the month. So this is part one of the interview with Shaney Struthers and it was an absolute delight to talk to Shaney. She is a very spiritual person and a very talented author and without further ado, here is the interview. Hello there. So here I am with Shani Struthers. Shani. Shani. Was it Shani Struthers? Shani. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Shani. I've been saying Shani this whole time. Everyone does. Honestly, I, I did a Facebook Live video earlier when I said I'm meeting Shani Struthers. <laughs> you can call me Shani if you like. Shani. Honestly, I've been called worse. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm here with Shani Struthers, um, horror author or not horror. We'll get onto that later. Yep. Um, of the Psychic Survey series. Mm-hmm. Um, do you just want to kind of tell us a bit about your your background in terms of your writing and the kind of the books that you write and okay um yeah i um i've always written uh as most writers have um most authors have i uh worked for 20 years in the travel industry as a copywriter and wrote about uh all these wonderful places around the world um all via research i might add um (coughs) and then about five years ago decided i would write novels and because I'd always wanted to, and so I did. I sat down and I wrote a full-length novel, which um, did very, very well. It was which novel was that? It was the Runaway Year, which is a romance, and it was a story I just had in my head, and I thought I'd get it out on paper and send it off, and it just did very, very well. It got um, several publishers wanted it. Uh, I got it published. It sold well. I wrote two more uh, in the series, so a trilogy. And my first love is, well, it's it's paranormal. How easy was it then to make that transition from romance to paranormal? Well, very easy, actually. I the, sat down and I wrote The Haunting of Highdown Hall, only intending it to be... It's the first psychic survey. That's the first psychic survey, but it was intended to be a standalone mm. book. And uh, it again, it did very, very well. It's four years old now, and it's it's sort of been a bestseller in its genre from uh, probably about eighty percent of that time. Mm. So I loved writing it. It I knew I found my niche, 
and I knew that the story had legs and could go a lot further. And um, so far, I'm just finished book five, which is called Dissension, and I'll soon start book six, which is called Legion. And they're with the same characters as well. Is it Ruby the main character? Ruby Davis is the main character. She's got a supporting team in her psychic surveys team. Uh, There's Theo, uh, an older lady who's nearly 70. There's Ness uh, in her 50s. It's very dark and brooding. And there's young, bubbly Corinna, who's in her early 20s. Uh, Ruby herself is mid-20s, and she also has the support of her boyfriend, Cash, as well. Oh, and and Jed, the ghost dog. Ah, the ghost dog, of course. (laughs) I like Jed. Who is extremely popular. Probably my my favourite character, actually. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, Always shows up. Um, And, I mean, I've just finished writing the first draft of the sixth book in The Sensitives, and I've found it very difficult to keep reinventing it as well is it hard to try and Daniel on kind of books book six to it's not well the funny thing is it, when I decided it was going to be a series I thought okay but I don't need this series to go on and on and on okay because personally I don't actually read series I read standalones but I was yeah well basically I was going to end it at book six with Legion however there is I've discovered, A, I love these characters. B, readers seem to love these characters. But also, there is just so much. It has so much scope. So I've decided that series one is book one to six. And then I will start series two, which will be book seven to 12. Now, series two will be quite different to series one, where series one is very Ruby-centric. Series two will be more evenly spread throughout the characters and you can get a taste for the in depth for the other characters in the psychic surveys companion novels which is basically a spin-off from the psychic surveys series and is a bunch of novellas um which really tell you well they focus on each individual character so um blake mort focuses on corinna 13 focuses on ness Eve is the prequel to the Psychic Survey series, and that's from Theo's point of view. And I'm currently writing Rosamond, which is uh, another character that's much referred to in the series, who's a great-grandmother, but um, who's we don't actually really that know anything about, but actually everything stems from her. So I'm currently writing that, and that's in the companion um, series. Okay, so you've kind of got a lot of, lot of places to go with this series, and a lot yeah. of kind of reinvention. <laughs> there seem to be, yeah. Um, and is it the, the characters that are driving that, and just the love of wanting to be with those characters more? Yeah, I mean, they're very character-driven books, but, you know, the paranormal is a vast subject, and they're right in the thick of it, and so there is just no end to cases that they can work on, and exploring different parts of the paranormal. Excellent. Well, I'm going to come back to... Uh, psychic surveys later yeah. first I want to do your horror profile okay um, so number one your favourite horror movie The Haunting the, not the remake the old black and white with Claire Bloom and Julie Harris yeah, I had the remake on VHS yeah I know. was in the 99 that came out yeah I think I had um, Catherine Zeta-Jones yes, in it yeah. yeah no no go to the black and white it is fantastic it is so chilling so what, what about it made it your favourite horror movie? What, what was so chilling about it? Because it's all suggestion. Nothing actually really happens. Mm. And that just gets your imagination whirring. So it's not laid out on a plate for you. You have to think. 
And where your imagination goes, well, it has no bounds, does it? So it's more frightening, I think. Just, I've never, I've never seen it. I have to make you sure I watch it, it as well. Yeah. I think horror movies are always better in black and white oh, or I know. grainy VHS. Definitely. HD. Horror movies shouldn't be no, HD. No, no, no. <laughs> um, Favourite horror book? Well, actually, it is the book that inspired that film, which is Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. I buy into this whole theory of less is more. I... I, what interests me most is the psychological aspect of horror and actually, is it really horror or is it the mind? And with that book, you get to the end of it and you think, well, did all that really happen? Or actually, you know, was it because Eleanor was just mad mm. and her madness was unleashed at Hill House? So you get to the book with not... It's, it's not all neatly wrapped up. I know readers love... Sometimes books be wrapped up, you know, resolved. Yeah. But and I do too. But um, sometimes, just sometimes, it's like, oh yeah, I just don't know really what happened there. It was like a trip, really. Yeah. Um, your favourite horror moment? One that sticks with me is in The Shining, and it's not the here's Johnny bit. It's um, when he goes into that room, room number. I've forgotten the room number. Room number. Um, oh. oh, of the Outlook Hotel. I don't know. I know. Well, the room in Outlook Hotel. He goes into the room and there's this beautiful woman in the bath. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's looking at him and doing all this. And he goes, she gets out of the bath and they start to dance, him, her and uh, Jack Nicholson. Mm. And then she turns into this old hag and he's like, Aah! and he's backed out. The, that, I love that. I, I can I, barely watch that on the, on the TV when that moment comes on. Are you a big Stephen King fan? Massive, but early Stephen King. Really? Not so much how, late. How many out of interest of your customer reviews on Amazon mention Stephen King? Oh. How many always like, oh, it's comparing you to Stephen King? Yeah, no, I have been compared to him and my other favourite, James Herbert, um, quite a bit. Um, oh, I don't know, 20%? 20%. It's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I've got one book where... But I, I don't think I'm like Stephen King, not at all. No, no. I've got one book where they say, not as good as Stephen King, and yeah. another of you says, better than Stephen King. Yeah. Why, why, yeah. why does it always have oh, to be no, Stephen I've, King? I've got that. I've got one that says, oh, Stephen King doesn't need, lose any sleep, and the other one, you know, this is better than Stephen King. You think... Well, I mean, obviously, everything's subjective, but... It's like people only know there's one horror yeah. author sometimes, but there's, yeah. but there's a lot more. And I'm not trying to be Stephen King anyway, and I wouldn't, you know... No, but yeah, early Stephen King for me, I'm afraid. Uh, so what, what's early Stephen King? Oh, you know, the, the old, um, The Stand is my favourite. Mm. I think that was his finest hour. The Shining, Salem's Lot. Uh, everything basically up to Duma Key, which I loved. Mm. Past Duma Key. Um, no, I've not been... I'd agree. I, I enjoyed Carrie and The Shining. Oh, Carrie was the first but, book I read of his I read as a teenager. But since that, I tried re- reading Sleeping Beauties. Didn't get past the first 60 pages. Lizzie's Story didn't get past the first 60 pages. No, no. I, 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 re- I did read Lizzie's Story, but uh, I can't remember what it was about. Um, I have Sleeping Beauties, and I keep looking at it, and it's this massive tome, and I keep thinking, oh, God, I just don't know if I can dive into that just yet. You know? So... Um, I quite like shorter books at the moment. Life's so busy. Um, this now, this question is obviously going to lead on to what what we uh, going to talk about. Why write in horror? But do you write in horror? Uh, no, I don't write horror books. I write paranormal. There is a difference. Uh, um, I think horror books are, uh, you know, they are terrifying. They're they're quite gratuitous in a way. It's uh, some of it's blood, gore. It's blah blah. 
I think I write a more psychological form of horror, mm. taking my inspiration from Shirley Jackson. <laughs> Do you, are you adverse to people leaving that as horror then? Do you not like being called horror or is it something you kind of like? I'd rather oh, not be called horror, but unfortunately I am called horror mm. um, because... They, you know, we, we seem like with Amazon, etc. We seem to just be lumped into one big mm. sort of genre. Um, so I'd rather not be called horror because I'm not horror. And sometimes I have had reviews who are saying, "Well, this wasn't horrifying." Well, no, it was never supposed to be. You know, mm. I, I, um, I'm very interested in ghost stories, in dealing with the spiritual world, the paranormal. Um, I like to come at, at it from a sympathetic viewpoint. So if your house is being haunted, if you feel there's a presence in your house, if you're terrified by it, okay, understandably, you would be, but let's try and see what that, what is mm-hmm. present in your house and why. Okay. And then come at it from that angle, even if it appears to be something quite demonic or mischievous or blah, blah, blah. Let's see why it's there, because by understanding we can hopefully help. So, so if, if paranormal was the subgenre, yeah, the main genre, if it's not horror, would it be thriller or? Well, they are quite thrilling. Thriller, I like to think <laughs> um, thrillers. Yeah, thrillers. Yeah, yeah, because okay. they they do reach a crescendo. You know, it all builds up. The tension builds up and up and up. Supernatural. supernatural. Yeah, I do. I I call my I do call my book supernatural thrillers. Yeah, or ghost stories. One of the two. Um, personal horror experience. So, have you ever had oh. kind of personal horror experience? I can see your notes. It's a big chunk of paragraph <laughs> there, isn't it? Obviously, I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, no, I, I've I had, don't t- tell us as much as you can. Well, I have. I've had yeah, <coughs> plenty of paranormal experiences, uh, but none of them have been horrific. I'm afraid. Um, disturbing, yes, but not horrific. Can you tell us about, about some of them? Yeah. Um, as a child, I was particularly receptive um, and saw and experienced things. Uh, probably too many to go into now. Um, one pick example. Me, yeah, pick myself. yeah, you know that saying, things that go bump in the night? Well, when I was a child, I was staying in a caravan in Cornwall and I was in the room by myself, um, I'd going to sleep, and something kept thumping against the underside of the mattress and it was thump, thump, thump. And I thought, Sake. So I looked underneath, nothing. Called my mum, who'd come in, look underneath, nothing. As soon as she came in the room, it would stop. As soon as she left, it, was, it would carry on. And this was going on, and this was going on. And I was thinking, what the hell is it? Anyway, eventually I got so tired, and I just said, will you just stop? I want to go to sleep. And it did did stop. I'll put that down to mischievous sprites, Cornish sprites, I think. Um, more recently, uh, I was staying with some friends in the cottage in Dorset, one I've written about in the old um, in the Psychic Surveys series, which is Old Cross Cottage, and we were larking about in the graveyard at midnight, as you do nearby graveyard. It's literally a few feet up the road. My friend was using her iPhone as a torch, and she'd just been texting, so it was open on the text message page. Suddenly, a message shot into the response box, as if you'd written it yourself and you were mm. going to send it. And it was, it just came up, it was complete, and it was referencing things that basically it shouldn't reference, quite personal things um, that I can't really mention here because it's quite sensitive. But we were 
Horrified. Uh, uh, yeah, I was horrified actually. We were, we were scared. At the end of this message, it said, I believe I've just thought through a door. So as if, it, as if it was a portal or something, right. something had managed to tune in and get this using technology. Um, well, was, what, how, how did you react to that? What, what? Oh, we were we, we, really unnerved. We got out of the graveyard, went back to the cottage, and I don't think we slept for the rest of the night. Really unnerved. There's a lot of strange things happen. Now, this graveyard, you're not just larking about it being disrespectful. You actually have to walk through it to get to the pub. Yeah. So we, unless you want to go really long way round, which we don't. So um, there, you walk through it, and then there's a little lane at the back, and you meander up that, and there's the pub. So we were coming back from the pub. We weren't just larking about being disrespectful. I, I must point that out because I wouldn't do that. But every time I go through that pub, uh, I go through that graveyard after dark. Every time, and I've been to that cottage a lot, and 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 the village, something happens. And it's one of two churches in the UK that have the relics of a saint. And it's a place of pilgrimage. It's, it's centuries old. And it, you know, people have gone here believing something for centuries. So make of that what you will. We couldn't, we, we're still mystified to that day. We even took the phone to the, um, the Apple sh- uh, store okay. and said, is this possible that it could pick up certain things that we've been thinking and you know, yeah. saying or whatever during the day? Well, no, no, it was, considering the content of the message, which, as I say, is quite sensitive, so I can't repeat it, it was not, it's not possible. So it's outside of normal, therefore it's paranormal. Yeah. Wow, so have you, so you say that you're quite, quite sensitive, and have you ever been really concerned, really worried something's going to happen? So you've had a bunch of messages, have you ever been really concerned for your safety, maybe? No. No, I haven't so far. But I do protect myself a lot with all my crystals and white light, good intent, etc., which is normal uh, protection stuff that uh, anyone who's sensitive would know about. When do you protect yourself? All the time. You just constantly spin a web around mm. you. So I do feel, um, when I was writing Rise to Me, uh, which is a very dark book, because that's the second in the Psychic Survey series, and I touch on um, a lot of occult stuff, uh, Alistair Crowley, etc., um, I felt very, very unnerved during writing that book and I did feel a little vulnerable so I had to ramp up the protection while I was writing it. Um, and whilst I was writing Blakemore, which is another one of my scarier books, um, I was writing about... I'm quite good at manifestation and I was writing about a infestation of flies and I was really intent I was writing this and I looked up and there were flies everywhere. Yeah. So... But I didn't feel unnerved by that, particularly. I just, oh, goodness, you know, I've done it again. It's, when I was reading Carrie, the first book yeah. I ever read, I was reading the scene where she's at the prom and yeah. the pig's blood falls on her, and I looked up and there was a great big puddle of blood on my hand. I thought, oh, I'm bleeding. So I got a tissue, wiped it away. There was no cut, there was nothing. There was never any explanation as to where that blood came from. Coming up in part two, out two weeks time what I can say is that 90% of cases are due to something completely explainable but 10% aren't who it was we don't know but it was very very dark